Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, or premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter, as we talk to you about the Big 12 Missile Crisis. And of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtles have Mike's stupid rules and write that down predictions here on episode 136. So the Bucks won in six games. Bucks in six. Yep. Bucks in six. Back to all those Suns fans who were saying Suns in four and then, you know, Bucks in six. So, However, I would... Uh, Proposed that that was not the most interesting thing that's happened since the last time we posted an episode. Would you not, tend to agree? Yeah, not even close, at least not as it pertains to um, the Iowa State Cyclones. In a normal episode, Kyle would drone on and on for about five minutes about the NBA Finals, I'm sure. But we've got a lot more hard-hitting sports content to talk about um, this week. So, for those of you who are living under a rock when it comes to Iowa State sports, basically... It all blew up this week um, where news started leaking on Wednesday that um, Oklahoma and Texas um, have been talking to the SEC about leaving the Big 12 and joining the SEC. Um, So apparently they've been negotiating about this since um, December. It just came out on Wednesday. Um, It basically caught everybody who's not the Oklahoma and Texas athletic directors off guard. Um, The Big 12 was completely blindsided um, by this report that came out on Wednesday. It spurred a lot of emergency meetings and um, a lot of other things among the Big 12. And we'll get into more of that later. But at the time, it was just rumors, right? Like, it's okay, Texas and Oklahoma have threatened this before. What does it really mean, right? That's what you're saying. Well, just today, on Monday, July 26th, Texas and Oklahoma sort of made it official because they told the conference that they would not be renewing the media rights agreement that currently expires at the end of the 2025 season. Um, So basically, that means that at the latest, Oklahoma and Texas will leave the conference at the end of 2025. That's, That's basically what it means. Um, could the timeline be sooner than that? Sure. I mean, could they still be bluffing? I guess they could still be bluffing at this point. I really don't think they are, but I suppose in theory, yes, they could be bluffing, um, still that they're not going to do that. Um, this is to put it mildly, this is bad news for the big 12. Kyle, do you want to fill us in on some of the details or why it on why this is such bad news for the big 12? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start it off. Basically, you think about the Big 12, you think about who are really the, the top teams of the Big 12, not just in standings, but the teams that bring the most media attention, the teams that have the largest branding. Um, that's obviously going to be OU and Texas. I mean, for being the, uh, for Texas being the poster child of always having money, but not having fantastic success over the past 10 decades or not 10 decades, the past decade, 10 years, I should say, is that they've been fairly mediocre at football, a couple good years, couple really bad years, but they always seem to sell out and their suites are on basically a two year waiting list in order to get into a suite. Uh, at a home game in Austin. The Red River rivalry is a huge game with national attention. College game day is there. That's what brings the most attention to the Big 12. When you talk about the college football playoff, OU has been that team that has represented the Big 12 in the college football playoff. Um, And without them, the conference is going to lose a lot of money, basically in media rights, because you're losing two of the biggest fan bases uh, in, in the conference for sure. So what media company is going to want to come in and give a lucrative deal to a, basically a shell of, of a conference anymore, not to mention that the big 12, which only has 10 teams is no longer the big 12. There's only eight teams, uh, that are going to be left too, which, uh, brings some interesting complications into how does the conference schedule layout for football? How are you going to play the necessary amount of games in a season. Do you pick up an extra conference game or an extra non-conference game? Do you 
play someone twice? Do you split it up into divisions and do it that that way? It brings a lot of uh, like intricate uh, things into it as well. Uh, but what is, I mean, going forward, what does this mean for the Big 12? Obviously, folks, calm down. We're still playing OU in Texas this year uh, and possibly next year. But everything this year is going to stay the same. So make sure, Iowa State fans, that we show up and show out to these games so that we have the final bragging rights over these two despicable universities. Uh, but after that, it's it's kind of up in the air. They can leave kind of whenever they want, but they are required to uh, basically write a check, which is free money to the conference, back to the conference, to each university uh, for the remainder of their of their media rights through well, 2025. That, that money goes to the conference and not the TV networks. Is that what I'm hearing? Or do they and have to owe the TV networks? I believe it goes to the conference because that money was going to the conference no matter what is, is the understanding that I'm under. So basically the TV networks pay the conference less, but OU and Texas make up the difference to the conference. Is that basically the way it's going to work? Or can, sorry, I'm a little confused by I mean, the details. That amount anyway probably isn't going to be a huge deal because the Big 12 bylaws have, have they explicitly states what you have to do to leave. Uh, and I think we'll get into that here in a little bit. So I, I don't really know how the TV rights would work, but at the very minimum, there's a big chunk of change. They have to pay the conference specifically. To- right. And I, I have a feeling that that money will somehow trickle down back into the remaining 18, eight universities somehow. But the key thing is right now, if you're the big 12, can, can these universities stay together and not panic for the time being and make up that money, which if you think about it, if they're able to in a post COVID era, that can help a lot of athletic departments get back on their feet. I mean, we talked about the deficit that Iowa state had been facing and how they were uh, taking steps to pay off that debt in the future now. Um, so that could be a way to gain back some money, but if the conference falls apart before the end of the 2025 season, then that means OU and, and, uh, Texas aren't obligated to owe the money to the league anymore since the league has been disbanded. Um, Wyatt, do you want to get into a little bit more of the details of this contract and those bylaws you had mentioned? So briefly, yeah, yeah, I'll go over this. So the Big 12 bylaws state that if you want to leave the conference, you have to give the conference an 18-month notice, which this notice that Texas put out today, the 26th of July, would be the start of that 18-month notice, I assume. Oklahoma did the same. Correct. It was a joint state. So that is part one. And kind of part two is if they want to leave – outside of like normal times i guess is there is there a normal time to even leave a conference not really they essentially have to pay what they would have gotten for their last two years of membership in the conference based on that information there you can kind of guesstimate how much they'd have to pay if they left right now so last year texas and OU both received about 38 million each just in one year last year uh so double that up you have about 74 million each for a buyout to get out of the conference based on the big 12 bylaws. Okay. I mean, that's quite a lot of money. Um, So I guess the question I'm asking, if they have to pay that much to leave, how much more are they going to get from the sec? Right. Like to make up $74 million. I mean, even to make it up in 10 years, they'd have to be making seven and a half million dollars more a year in the sec than they'd be making in the Big 12. Is that really possible? Like, I know the SEC, they're going to make more in the SEC. They wouldn't be doing it. But is it really that much more per year? I mean, the average pay on the SEC is like $45 million. What's it in the Big 12? We just went over that, 36-ish? Less, yeah, less than 44. <laughs> and in theory, the SEC is even more valuable with Texas and Oklahoma. So that payout goes up. In theory, the, yeah. The short the short term math doesn't necessarily work out, but the long term math does. Is what you're telling me? Mm-hmm. I don't think well, it does. I, I don't think it actually does, but it quote unquote it does. Yeah, and and I don't know either. And it's also part of that thing. I I saw a report where someone said, ah, they're gonna get better recruits. What? I mean, excuse you, they're already getting like those recruits. 
maybe they're going to pull yank a couple recruits away from Alabama and in Georgia now. Who knows? But both are the top 10 recruiting class right. every year. How much? I mean, and and for Texas's sake, it doesn't turn into an actual product on the field. So I don't know if this is going to be, you know, any better. Are they going to be the bottom dwellers of the SEC for a while, like Missouri was when they moved to the conference? I think that would be pretty hysterical. Yes, I would. I would love that. But as you're seeing, so so I guess as you're seeing now, and this could completely transform the landscape of the NCAA. We'll get into the ramifications of this a little bit. Like, what does this mean? The SEC becoming a super conference. Um, You've got all of these massive uh, football programs, basically, and uh, basically the big TV rights are all going to be there. The big money is going there. That's where they're that's where they're looking. What are schools like Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, Ohio State? What are uh, the other leagues doing to try and sweeten the package for them so that they don't say, hey, well, maybe we could leave and turn this into an even bigger super conference. Um, And I think that's going to be the interesting thing coming up is schools from the big 12 currently better start getting on the phones with you, with other leagues and, and having backup plans for, you know, Hey, let's say, let's say Oklahoma state has something lined up and they jump ship right after OU in Texas, uh, then you lose another university dominoes are going to start falling very quick and you better have that backup plan in place. Um, And I think it's going to be a big thing going forward is there might not be a lot of rumors and until everything is confirmed, pay no attention to rumors. Don't get hyped up on the rumors on the internet. Uh, Just try and, Try and but everything you know, on the internet is true, Kyle. Everything it is, it is a hundred percent true. Correct. I'm hype. I'm checking Twitter every five minutes for new rumors. Are you telling me I shouldn't do that? No, you you should do that if you want to. If you but just don't start retweeting them and blasting them out all over. And you know, just try and try and hold back. Let this process play out the athletic directors are going to be the ones working through a lot of this along with the presidents of the universities so don't don't pay attention to the rumors as cyclone fanatics uh writer chris williams has been tweeting daily this is your daily reminder not to get too infatuated with all the rumors today so they will have it under control everything seems chaotic right now and it is but they'll figure it out but the schools better have a backup plan. And I guess one of the things that I wanted to ask you guys is before, like, does this force universities into a situation? Does this force Iowa state into finding a conference faster? Because if with the instability of the conference, how does this hurt recruiting and, you know, the, the portrayal of what it's like to play in the big 12 conference anymore? How does that impact I mean, to me, if we step out big picture, the reason this make move makes sense for Oklahoma and Texas is because they were sort of reading the tea leaves here when they started negotiating this back in December, um, that name, image, and likeness was going to happen, that increased um, educational benefits was going to happen, right? So that shifts power away from athletic departments, right? So that means basically the only way athletic departments can now get revenue is from TV deals, right? So now athletic departments, since they're losing power over their players in that way, are just shifting to grab the most TV revenue they possibly can, right? That's how I interpreted this. So do I think it hurts recruiting? Not necessarily because of things like name, image, and likeness, where a player can go make money off endorsements to pretty much anywhere he wants now. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, speaking of that, it has been reported apparently that Alabama's quarterback before even playing a snap for the Crimson Tide is now already making a million dollars based on name and Yeah, I can't confirm that, but I mean, yeah. See, so basically I don't think it hurts recruiting because players know, to me, I think since this was done on a national scale, and sorry, I'm going to derail the discussion a little bit to name, image, and likeness, but this helps 
smaller schools. Because do you know what won't get you an endorsement deal? Sitting on the bench for Alabama for two years. Do you know what? Yeah, being being that third string backup linebacker for three years at Alabama. You know what will get you an endorsement deal? Being the starting linebacker on like a Ohio Bobcats team or Cincinnati. I mean, that's a pretty big school, pretty big program, or the star for Iowa State. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, what it does is it, right, is it makes the incentive to go somewhere and start somewhere else and start higher because you can get paid to do it. And basically the the calculus has changed because now the you're betting on yourself even more by going to Alabama because now the floor at a smaller school is higher because of the money you can make even in small endorsement deals with the, within the community. Right. I mean, Jordan Bohannon got paid. What was it like $600 the first day name, image, and likeness went into effect to go sign autographs for four hours at a fireworks store in Iowa City or Iowa City-ish. Like, right? Like, he's not a future NBA star, but he just made $600 in four hours. Like, right? The, the floor has moved up. So I don't think conference matters that much. I mean, obviously, if these schools end up getting dropped down to, like, a lower-tier con, like, if if Iowa State or name any of the other Big 12 schools end up in the MAC or something like that, yes, that will hurt recruiting. But until that happens, no, I don't foresee any effect on recruiting. So I, I do have a question I want your opinion on. Would you consider the Big 12 a power conference without Texas? And I mean, by, by rule, isn't it still technically a power five? I mean, there's no real definition, define power. There is no official definition of a power five conference. It's right. Not the NCAA bylaws. Who is the powerhouse in the big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma? Oklahoma Texas state. Sport. Yeah. Probably maybe. Oklahoma state, maybe Baylor. There, that's nowhere close to the same caliber. Oh, uh, I agree completely. You don't, that's what I'm trying to get at here. It might hurt recruiting, but it's going to hurt a lot more than just recruiting. Right. It's hurt financially more than recruiting. Right. I mean, financially, think if you're Matt Campbell, for example, what's the difference between playing at Iowa State now without Texas and OU versus playing for Toledo in the MAC? What's the difference between the MAC and the Big 12 without Texas and OU? Right. Why would you want to stay there? Right. And I mean, there there are some players who are going to say, I want to go play against the best. And, you know, best not, might not be in in the Big 12 anymore. It's obviously in the SEC. And could be in the Big Ten if you're going to play for Ohio State or Michigan. You're playing against the best of the best there at those two schools. It's hard to have a competitive team in a non relatively non-competitive conference. I, it, I think the answer to your question lies in who does the Big 12 replace them with? Obviously, it won't be as big a names as Oklahoma and Texas. But is it enough big enough schools that it still keeps you on the map? Right. And we'll get into that a little more as we talk about what Iowa State's options are um, going forward. But staying in a remapped Big 12 with more schools is certainly one of those options. It would depend on what those schools are. Well, yeah. So let's let's talk about those options. So what is what does this mean for Iowa State? I'll, I'm going to go through a little bit – or sorry – I got, I got five scenarios. I got five scenarios in my mind for how this ends for Iowa State. Well, so here, let me, let me talk through what does this mean for Iowa State first and kind of why we're in a better position, and then I'll let you go through your scenarios. Okay. Uh, so first and foremost, what does this mean for Iowa State? Uh, why, why are we possibly in a pretty good spot right now from basically – or a lot of the things that I've been reading, what, what is the feel? Well, thankfully our football program is way better than conference realignment was in the early 2010s when the big 12 did some conference realignment, when Nebraska, Missouri, A&M and Colorado left. And then we had TCU, Baylor, West Virginia, and uh, who else joined? Is that it? Uh, we only added two of those schools at the time. Right, we oh, right. T- TCU and TCU and West Virginia. Sorry. Right. right, 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 right. Uh, so, and just, I mean, athletics in general is in a positive space. Cross country, not a huge money making thing. Always pretty good, as well as track. 
but men's basketball has a history of doing pretty well in conference tournaments. They're just a really good team. There's a lot of hype around a lot of some of the recruits that are coming in right now, as well as TJ women's basketball has been uh, continually very at playing at a very high level over the past couple of years, really, really good right now. Um, And solid fan base of support in the big 12 right now. uh, Iowa state has the third largest football stadium only behind OU in Texas. Some people might say, you know, Kyle, why does that matter? because it's a good atmosphere for, for colleges to come and play in. It's a raucous environment. Uh, when Jack Trice gets rocking, it's, it's a hard place, hard environment to play in. Uh, and that place can sell a lot of tickets and the facilities are getting better and better, which is something that uh, these conferences will potentially look at if Iowa State does seek realignment. Speaking of seeking realignment, what there is something that you might hear going around and it's called the AAU. No, that is not the amateur athletic uh, or whatever association or whatever that is, the the traveling youth basketball league. No, that's not it. It's the Association of American Universities. So what does that mean? From their their website, the AAU is comprised of 66 distinguished research universities across the United States that continually advance society through education, research, and discovery something that Iowa State is very big in and proud of. Out of the only, out of the remaining universities in the Big 12, Iowa State and KU are the only two universities that have that, uh, that are part of that distinguished group. So that carries a lot of weight when conferences are looking for realignment because you know what conference doesn't care about academics as much? The SEC. They, they hand out money to people who get a 22 on their ACT. You know what universe or leagues and conferences care about academics? The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. Think about some of the programs there. Georgia Tech, uh, Clemson, uh, Notre Dame, except for football, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You got all of these universities. And then the Pac-12, Stanford, UCLA, USC. They care about academics. So this is a huge thing that Iowa State is actually a part of and something that can very, very much so help them as being seen as one of the potential top suitors or fits to join another conference. So speaking of what is Iowa State going to do, Mike, you said you have five scenarios. Five scenarios, yes, for how this ends for Iowa State. Scenario one is uh, these are in no particular order. So we can talk about them all after I'm done. Scenario one, Texas and Oklahoma are bluffing, and we go back to the status quo after all this blows over. Like I said, not likely, but still a possibility. Two, the Big 12 adds two, four, six more teams from somewhere. We could talk about which ones later and stays intact, and Iowa State stays in it. Three, we get major conference realignment, and Iowa State ends up in the Big 10. Four, we get major conference realignment and Iowa State ends up in the Pac-12. Five, this turns into an absolute disaster for Iowa State and we leave one of the major conferences and it's the end of the Iowa State Athletics Department as we know. To me, those are the five options here. Does anybody see another option? I'm open to other. I mean, I mean technically, technically, it's not out of the reach for them to technically join the ACC. But if you think about, so think about it, a lot of realignment happens geographically. Why do OU and Texas kind of fit with the SEC? Well, the SEC kind of wraps around the whole southern side of the country. Um, why does, why does, why did West Virginia work for the Big 12? Who knows? West Virginia was, would have been possibly a better fit in the ACC. And that's possibly where I see them going. So a lot of what makes a lot of sense is either the Big 10 or the Pac-12 over the ACC, but it's not out of the option. Obviously, teams can travel. Uh, it's been proven. It's been done. Notre Dame travels all the time for their football uh, season. BYU traveled. They it came up with the slogan: "Anytime, anywhere, any place, they'll play," and they played. So, Iowa State probably, likely, if they do realign, I think the Big Ten is the best fit. Why is that? They uh, in-state rivalry every single year that which would be pretty big television, obviously in the state of Iowa, but it could be a really good thing for the Big Ten renews a rivalry with Nebraska that they once had in the Big 12 
and geographically it's a good fit. And then the Big Ten has the entire network of Iowa, not a huge benefit compared to what they thought they were going to get from Rutgers uh, back in the day when they wanted the New York network. But what's a better fan base and what's going to sell more streaming subscriptions right now, Iowa State or Rutgers? I'll wait. Rutgers won't sell you any streaming subscriptions that's, right now. That's the great, that's the point you just made. That's the other thing that's different between the last round of realignment and this one, right? Last year was all about, last time was all about media markets to get the Big Ten network on, at least from the Big Ten perspective, right? Now with all the, this cable cutting and streaming happening, right? It's not as about that nearly as much as it used to be. Right, because you can right. subscribe from anywhere for these streaming mm-hmm. services, right? So it's it's going to be about eyeballs more than it is about media markets. Right, that's that's and, that's a key, and that's a that's a good thing for Iowa State. And it's there just aren't it, that many people in Iowa. Well, and Half another dumb Hawkeye fans. So. That's that's true. And well, another thing to talk about is the fact that what has what has kind of already been happening is there are reported rumors take this with a grain of salt everyone that KU and Iowa State have both been in talks with the Big 10 so far why does this make sense for the Big 10 KU historically great basketball program good dad to a, a very very good basketball conference um, then you also think about it you get that can, that Kansas City market of streaming subscriptions Where are there a lot of Iowa State people who end up moving to after graduation or a big Iowa State fan base is in Kansas City as well and Minneapolis, too. I I mean, you guys laugh, but Chicago, Minneapolis, Kansas City and and into Omaha, big like Cyclones are you see a lot of Cyclone fans there in both places. So you're going to get streaming subscriptions added from the Kansas City network. Uh, you're going to get obviously a bunch added from the Des Moines, Iowa area, uh, just Iowa in general, but a lot centralized around Des Moines. Um, so that's a huge thing is the streaming subscriptions right now. So there have been talks about it. Who knows how well those talks were? Apparently they had a conversation with the Big Ten commissioner. Um, it's also worthwhile to note that I believe the Big Ten commissioner is in going into his second season uh, the ACC has possibly is is their commissioner brand new this upcoming season, so they're all possibly they're looking to make their mark and make a big splash too. So I think this is very advantageous for Iowa State during this time. Yeah. So here's the big wild card in all of this this conference realignment talk for me, and this might come as a surprise to you. The biggest wild card school in my mind is Colorado, right? Colorado, I see you both nodding vigorously. Good. That means I'm not crazy. So Colorado bolted the Big 12 for the Pac-12 in the last round of realignment, and it hasn't really worked out for them, if anybody's being honest, right? So if people are moving chairs again, Colorado might try to do the same, and they might go to the Big 10. They might talk to the Big 10, right? Colorado's a fit for the Big 10, in that they're an AAU school, like we talked about earlier, that's reportedly very important for the Big Ten. It's rumored that the only non-AAU school they would accept is Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame. Um, so, right, Colorado could try to jump ship to the Big Ten, um, which I think would be bad news for Iowa State because then there's just less spots in the Big Ten um, for a possible Iowa State to be in. I mean, Colorado could just stay in the Pac-12. That would work. I mean, if the Pac-12 is adding teams, that could work out better for Colorado anyway than um, you want. But I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado is trying to make a move to the Big Ten in all of this as well. Um, my preferred scenario in all of this is obviously that Texas and Oklahoma don't go anywhere. That's my preferred scenario. I think that's everybody's preferred scenario, unless you're maybe a Texas or an OU fan. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that's my preferred scenario too. And I think actually above and beyond additionally. I think my preferred scenario might also be that maybe the Big 12 also seeks out two more schools maybe to add to possibly bring a little bit more value to the to the conference. What two schools are those going to be? I don't know. There's been rumors of adding Cincinnati, who's been pretty popular in football as of late and has had some historically good basketball programs as well. But does that work? Is that a fit? So 
I don't know, but I prefer let's not let's not completely disassemble the the wagon wheel right now or topple it over like OU did a couple seasons ago on the football field. Uh, you know, let's let's see if if things can work out. Um, but it's definitely not a bad idea for Jamie Pollard to be uh, on the phone making those connections right now because he needs to have a backup plan. Something too, I wonder if we could do this. This is kind of out there too, but striking a deal with Texas and OU to stay in the Big Twelve and still expanding the conference back to twelve members. I don't know if Texas and OU buy along with that, just because I'm not sure there's anybody in the conference that Texas and OU, unless we steal, we'd have it couldn't be somebody from the minor conference. We'd have to steal somebody. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have to poach somebody from a major conference to do that. We couldn't just take Cincinnati and Memphis and Texas and Oklahoma wouldn't buy that. We'd have to snatch uh, an LS. Well, LSU is not going anywhere. I'm trying to think of somebody who might actually move. You think on that. So allegedly, Commissioner Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, has been in talks with Texas and in Oklahoma yesterday, I think, talking about potentially increasing their payout. Um so if they did that and got them to stay for another, you know, sign another five-year contract or something, I wonder if they could look at expanding the conference to, to help strengthen it, right? Because overall, if you look at the Big 12 in comparison to the Big 10 and the SEC, obviously, not nearly as strong of a conference. So I mean, if the goal... Let's be clear that we're talking... This is all about football. Let's be clear about that. Like, the Big 12 is maybe the best basketball conference in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, Link probably, too. Uh, I think the Big Ten is the best wrestling conference in the nation. Yeah. Also, I wanted to make that point. When it comes to the Big Ten, don't forget about the fact that for the Big Ten, wrestling is a revenue sport in the Big Ten, one of the only conference where it's actually a plus revenue sport. And Iowa State's highly ranked nationally wrestling program could be a factor in these negotiations with the Big Ten. So the fact that Iowa State wrestles and does it well and and who are the who are the only teams really that have a nationally ranked recognized wrestling program in the current Big 12 landscape? Oklahoma State, a very historic program, and Iowa State. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. It's it's obviously not the only factor. It's not as much of a revenue sport as football is or basketball probably even, but yeah. it it's it plays into it. Yeah, the Big 10 probably wouldn't particularly like that we don't play baseball or hockey though but they're not going to find anybody who plays hockey they've been trying to find more people to play hockey for a decade and they haven't succeeded but baseball might be a little bit tough for uh, the big 10 but they really don't need another baseball team it's a non-revenue sport for the conference um the scenario i want to talk about a little bit more is iowa state to the pac-12 um this would be part of to me, this would be the Pac-12 just grabbing anybody they could because they want to get up to 16 schools and try to make themselves relevant again because they really haven't been um, for the last few years. They just have not been in any sport, basketball or football. Um, so they could just grab schools, right? I could see a scenario where they grab Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Kansas and just and right get up to 16 like the sec does and um does that the downside to this the thing that makes this less desirable um two reasons first of all west coast means kickoff times you're gonna see a lot of nine o'clock ten o'clock for you for basketball especially you're gonna see a lot of ten o'clock or even 10 30 tip-off times your your tv ratings are gonna plummet yeah that's it's bad for the fans um, it's going to be bad for the athletes with all that travel, like for basketball, right? Can you imagine going to Washington State for a Tuesday afternoon basketball game? That'd be a tough one. Or Tuesday evening basketball game would be like, that's a tough one. And third, that means we'd have to listen to Bill Walton as a basketball broadcaster if we went to the Pac-12, and that would just be an absolute disaster. Nobody wants to listen to Bill Walton. So, well, so I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because there is a scenario in which you, so you talked about the big 12, maybe poaching a couple, a couple programs. Um, could that happen from the PAC 12? Are there teams that might, they might want to get into more of a prime time, like kickoff and media network 
in into that area. Let's say maybe maybe in Arizona, maybe in Arizona State. It's been rumored. It's Will it happen? Colorado might want to come back. I I mean, do, is that something that is beneficial to those schools where they see themselves uh, having this opportunity to come in? And you you said it's going to take bigger programs to keep this conference afloat if Texas and OU leave. Um, those are some bigger universities, bigger programs. Um, I don't know if it would ever happen. Arizona and Arizona State have been in the Pac-12 for a while. Colorado hasn't. They'd probably be the likely members to leave the quickest. Um, but is Colorado enough to keep the Big 12 together? I don't think so. Um, I think it's going to require some other universities and we'll see who that ends up being. But I, I think that could be something that you could keep your eye on as well is, is are there some PAC 12 teams that want to want to get more into that primetime television window potentially? Yeah. So they're not, the, they're not the, the uh, schools that everybody falls asleep on the couch while watching on Saturday night. Cause that's what you, I do. You wake up, you wake up Saturday night at 10 o'clock and you're like, Oh, UCLA and Cal are playing tonight. Cool. Yeah. And then, I'm, and then I'm you, excited. And then you wake up with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Cause you fell asleep on the couch. Yes. I do that regularly. That that's what I think of the pac 12. The great, great, uh, when I should be sleeping, but don't want to go to bed because football, but I fall asleep anyway, entertainment. That's what the PAC 12 is. Right. So any schools that want to get out of that um, area, it's a possibility. That's also a possibility. There are a lot of possibilities here. I think um, the other advantage ISU has going for it is that no conference can be as selective as it was last time around, right? Like last year, the Big Ten kicked all this off, right? So they basically got to choose who they wanted. Um, and they chose Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland and basically got it done and left everybody else to scramble and see what happened. Well, now the shoe's on the other foot, right? The SEC's made the move. Now, if the Big Ten wants to get to 16 teams, they don't get to be as selective. They're sort of in scramble mode right now if they want to get to 16 right? Especially with their academic requirements, right? They don't have, put it, because of the Big Ten's preference for AAU schools, there's only three non-Power 5 teams that they could add. And it's Rice, Tulane, and, oh, there's a third, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. There Guys, I'm, I'm in already. Rice and Tulane, there we go. Buffalo, we got it. Those are the only three schools that are not power currently in a Power 5 conference. So it's not like the Big Ten. If the Big Ten wants to get to 16, they got to steal from somebody, whether it be the ACC, the Big 12, or the Pac-12. They got to steal from somebody. So that leaves Iowa State in a better position just because of that when it comes to Big Ten standings. We're one of the two schools who's eligible and qualifies academically for the Big Ten. So... So speaking of which, real quick, what do you think about these massive 16-team super conferences? I think it's one step closer to college football just divorcing itself from the NCAA completely. I, I totally agree. The SEC at this point is going to turn into like the NFL G League, right? Like, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like these massive conferences. In fact, I think the NCAA could have fixed all this back in 2012 instead of going with the college football playoff format as is if they did like an actual – a la NCAA March Madness playoff tournament sponsored by this. They could get so much more money out to the conferences, which wouldn't necessarily incentivize these massive, just, massive conglomerates. Just do what the FCS does. Like, what are they, like 2014 playoff, right? Yeah. First eight, get buys, something like that, right? Do a nice 2014 playoff is what they should have done. Um, I mean, it's too late to go back to that now. I was looking at these stats the other day. So somebody did some estimating and crunched some numbers. Basically, with the college football playoff possibly expanding to 12 teams here shortly, the payouts to the conferences every year would be $1.8 billion, B, billion dollars per year just to the conferences, not to mention what uh, the TV networks make and things like that. But just from the conferences, um, it would be – be that much money um yeah it's it's just an insane amount of money that they're going to be making i mean even with this sec alignment alignment 
realignment that could happen if nothing else changes. The Big 12 would get $244 million a year just from the college football playoff. That right there is $24 million a school. I guess it would be more than that in this scenario because there's only eight teams in the Big 12 in this. I mean, that's, yeah, that's an insane amount of money per year per school for this. I mean, the SEC would get $450 million. That's the kind of money we're talking about in college football. That's why everyone's jockeying. That's the money they're looking for. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this in the coming weeks. So stay tuned to the 8311 cast, as you know, you always do. There'll there'll be plenty more on this, but we're going to round out this episode by diving into our signature segments. Are you excited, Mike? I am. I am excited. I am so excited because you know why? Baseball savior Willens Astadio is back. He's back, baby. He returned to the Twins um, earlier this week when Alex Kirloff went on the IL with the, uh, a nagging wrist injury. Willens Astadio, as we called from AAA. Um, he's appeared in two games since then. He's got a hit and an RBI. Um, so he picked sort of back, uh, back up where he left off. Um, at this point, he'll probably be up for the rest of the year because the Twins are going to have a fire sale this week because, oh yeah, the MLB trade deadline is this week. Don't forget about that, which kind of got lost in the shuffle of this Big 12 news, but the trade deadline is this week. So um, the Twins traded Nelson Cruz already. Look for a lot of other moves from the Twins this week. Um, so Willens Astadio will be on the Twins roster probably for the rest of the year at this point, barring injury. Um, so... Keep an eye on that. Of course, we'll keep you informed on the weekly turtle tab to see um, how Willens Astadio does. Um, for Mike Stupid Rules this week, we're leaving the gridiron and going back to the diamond, going back to baseball. Um, we're going to talk about base running because base running is something that's oftentimes uh, somewhat confused. So you've always heard, right? Or this is what I've always been taught, right? That if I touch a base and round it, but want to go back, I have to touch the base again, right? So that's sort of true, but not exactly. So the rule that I want to talk about um, this time is um, it's called last time by is what the rule is called. So basically um, the way that this um, rule works is that um, basically First, we got to talk about um, passing a base, right? So what does it mean to pass a base? Um, So basically the MLB rules define passing a base as um, if both feet um, have touched the ground beyond the back edge of the base. That's what passing a base is in Major League Baseball. So in order to pass the base, you either need to touch it, of course, or, or to, sorry, so touching it and then passing it, you have to have both feet past it, okay? Both feet beyond the backside of the base. Now, there's um, the concept specifically that I want to talk about is last time by. So basically, you must touch a base every time you pass it, right? According to the rules, with the only exception being last time by. Uh, this is covered in, um, excuse me, <coughs> rule five, Point oh three part B um, in the baseball rule book where last time by says any previous infractions with touching the base um, can be remedied as long as you touch the base properly on your last time by. So for example, let's say that I run towards second and miss it, but then the ball's caught. So I run back to first and m- miss it again but then the ball gets thrown away and I run to second base. The fact that I missed the base both of those first two times doesn't matter because I properly touched second base my last time by the base. I properly touched second base. So any previous base running infractions with missing the base are resolved if you touch the base your last time by the base. That's the rule. So as long as you go your last time by the base, you're good. So this would also apply, right? If I round second, think the ball is caught, start to go back to first, miss second base, but then realize the ball wasn't caught and then start going again. As long as I touch second base, 
on that last time when I come past it the third time, as long as I touch it legally there, it doesn't matter that I missed, missed it the second time. Last time by. That's the concept for base running. Touch the base legally on your last time by. Now, I'm not saying you should just touch the base every time. Like make, make, make it easier on yourself. Just do it. But legally, as long as you touch the base, your last time by, you're, you're fine. Huh. Interesting. I, yeah, I didn't know that. I but I mean, it makes sense. Like I'm legally standing on second base. How can you call me out for not touching second base properly when I'm legally standing on it? Right. You know what I mean? So it sort of makes sense. Yeah. This seems a lot like a, more like an approved ruling than, than a rule. It is. Yes, it is. It is a, an approved ruling in the umpire's manual. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yes. So solid. Yeah. Um, what else was actually pretty solid this week was our uh, write that down predictions in our accountability session. You'll see we had more right than wrong this week in our accountability session. So good on us for that. Um, four predictions off the board about the uh, NBA finals and then one other one. Um, first one off the board is Mike predicting that the Bucks would win the NBA title. They did indeed, as we said in our intro. So for that, I get a ding, 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 ding. On the flip side, Kyle predicted that the Suns would win the NBA title. If the Bucks won, that means the Suns couldn't. So for that, Kyle gets a eh. Uh, a couple weeks after me, Josh also predicted that the Bucks would win the NBA title. So for that, he gets a ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, And last week, he got went even further and said the Bucks would win in six, which they also did. So ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Um, and last... Um, last week I predicted that my softball team would finish in the uh, top three uh, in the tournament. We did not do that. We lost our first game because of bad defense, bad base running, bad clutch hitting, and somebody deciding he didn't want to take a walk. Um, so we did lose, so we did not finish in the top three in the tournament. So for that, we get a nah. nah. Um, that is it for our accountability session. So I'll uh, get us started putting things back on the board. And since also NFL training camp starts in like a week, like it's a busy time on the sports calendar. Um, so I'm going to make my typical prediction that I do every year and say that the Vikings make playoffs. Remember seven playoff teams again, just like they were last year. I'm trying to see if I can find a percentage for this for you, but I have not found it yet. Give me a second. ESPN does not have an update on their football power index. 538 also doesn't have anything for the 2021 NFL. No. Apparently, the New York Times does? No way. No, I don't trust this data. Let's just let's wing it. Okay. Mm. They're, they're well, who do, who do we do we think they're going to win the division? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it should be noted that it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is probably coming back now. We'll have more well, details on that on next week's yeah. episode as they we'll talk about that next week. Assume, you should assume that Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Packers when you give me base. If, if that happens, I do think Green Bay is probably still the best team in that division, which means that Minnesota is not going to get the automatic. They will have to be a wild card team. And let's do – man – do we think they're one of the three best wild card teams in the NFC? I mean, the NFC East is going to be weak. The NFC West is going to be strong, probably. NFC, mm, I don't know. Uh, NFC South might be weaker, might be okay. We're between the double and the triple right now. I, I might say triple. Because I think there's probably two teams that are going to get in from the NFC West, and are they better than possibly the Saints or maybe Carolina? Are they better? Maybe Washington will find their way in there. I don't know. Sure. We'll get – triple's fine. Yeah, I'm good with triple. Solid. Sure. Uh, Josh this week, is he still alive? I have. He's been uh, in tune to all these conference realignment rumors. Um, as you guys are all now. And he is predicting that when the dust settles, Iowa State will end up in the Big Ten. So how are we scoring this? Does this have to happen by the end of the season? I would say no. I would say that we can put this. We can move it on to the next season. Yeah, we will move that. We will kick this down the road until uh, if there's no announcement by the time Oklahoma and Texas are actually playing in the SEC, that's when we'll take it off the board. Or, of course, if Iowa State goes somewhere else. 
I'm gonna make a note of that so I don't forget. Yes. So we'll, we'll obviously we'll take it off the board if we have to this season, but we'll keep kicking it down the road a little if that's what's required. I don't know, man. Maybe, probably not, possibly. I just think there's so many factors that play into it right now. When, when I say maybe, but probably not, but pop, like in my mind, I, I read that as a triple because it's not so outlandish that it's a home run, but it's also not a coin toss. And I also think it, if if they were to join another conference, that's possibly the best landing spot for them. It seems like it's the best fit the big for time. both parties. I don't know. I don't know. Mike, what do you say? I was thinking triple. I get. I think that's where I'm at too. Yeah. Do that. That's fine. Triple. Got it. I'm kind of mad at Texas. I owe you. I can get why they're leaving. Get Texas. They. I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to say Texas does not go to the Big 12 championship game. That's my prediction. Um, Boy, single, double. Single or double. Oh, that was going to be my prediction, Kyle. Just saying. Single. Um, single? <laughs> I don't even think they're a top three team, top four team in the conference this year. They think they are. They, of course, they do. They always think they are. Single or you single? Why are you okay with that? Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. I just wanted a little more salt to kind of rub in uh, there. Anyway, oh, well, well, I'm I'm pouring the salt on right now for sure, and I'm going to say that Texas goes sub 500 or just sub 500 in conference play this season. So not going to lie, that was going to be my prediction. And I was like, oh, that's a little much, you think? It's like, oh, I'll be a nice guy. Uh, this is probably a double, though. I don't think this is a single. I agree. This is at least a double, if not a triple. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, the double, just because. Double, not because, not but because Texas. Double it is. I'd love to see it. I would, too. Oh, baby. With a single, a double, and two triples, that rounds out our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 136 of the 83.11cast. Appreciate you sticking around. Make sure you check us out again next week. But in the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, drop us a line on our Instagram at 83.11cast or on our contact page at 83.11cast.fireside.fm slash contact. Signing off for the 83.11cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and white. Talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.